It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. When Shopify says you can sell anywhere, oh, they mean it. Hold up. Just got a new sale. Order fulfilled and shipped. Inventory level's good. Whoa, Shopify doesn't mind if you're at sea level. Or on top of the world. You can run and grow your business anywhere. Climbing mountains is never easy, but at least Shopify gives me all the tools I need for my business to hit new beats. Whether you're selling carabiners or crop tops, start selling with Shopify today and join the platform simplifying commerce for millions of businesses worldwide. We've built the platform so you can keep climbing and grow your business to new heights. With Shopify, you really can sell to anyone from anywhere. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Start selling online today. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash free22. Shopify.com slash free22. Shopify.com slash free22. Internet connection required. Not available on mountaintops or seafloors. This is a proud production of ITM Media. We have finally reached it, ladies and gentlemen, fellow Marbleheads, episode 100 of Rambling About Racing, formerly known as In the Marbles Weekly Racing Podcast. Either way you cut it, we have reached a big milestone hero here at the show. Glad that you've joined us, whether this is your first episode or 100th episode. Glad that you're here, Rambling About Racing with us. Got a special guest here, Zach Kalman is here from the Gridiron Gallery, more importantly from the Unhinged Sports Network, who is now a good crowd partner of Belly Up Sports. Zach, fresh off the ground of Indianapolis here. How you doing, man? I'm doing good. You know, I'm 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 kicking it back in my hometown of Indy right now. Well not my hometown, but where I'm living right now in Indianapolis. Wonderful weekend of racing it was just uh yesterday as of our recording here. It was lovely. You know, I you can't ask for a better day as of yesterday and uh I overall was happy with it. Okay, and we'll get more into that later on in the show. And of course, joined as always by 
the one and only South Alabama's own Charlie Herkus. Charlie, how's it going with you, man? It is going. Trying to recover from a long weekend of races myself, so three days worth of hot, miserable heat drag racing. So just kind of a took a day to day and went back to work, but trying to hydrate and, and recover from the heat. Well, thank you for showing all those videos on social media. Really do appreciate it. It was a it was a lot of fun just watching that. We got a lot of hits on Facebook about that, growing our Facebook and social media presence ever so slightly here. But here, real quick, episode 100, I wanted to take a quick minute, moment to thank everyone who supported the show from day one, all of the guests on the show. I'm going to ramble them off right here. We had Amber Slagle, Brian Barnhill, Charlie Herkes was our first driver guest. Chris Hacker, who's making his cup or truck series debut this weekend for Rayum Brothers Racing. Connor Daly, Jerry Nadu, Jesse Wuji, Josh Rayum, and Kyle Summers have all been on the show, one of many, and now we can add Zach. Yes. And and Zach, why don't you quickly tell everybody here, since you're part of the Unhinged Sports Network, what your podcast is and what you do for the network here before we get into the everything about indianapolis this weekend yeah here i am on a professional racing show i am a football podcaster myself uh i i am the uh podcaster for the gridiron gallery podcast covering all things uh professional football so not just the nfl you can catch me talking other leagues like the canadian football league the xfl whenever it comes back uh the european league of football and i can just keep rattling them on as the alphabet leagues uh across the world um i'm just gonna keep it short for your audience though so uh i'm the football guy there at uh unhinged sports network and i'll talk anything and everything i want every week something a little bit different it's not always the same conversation you're always going to get every friday right and and i appreciate you being on the show now you you mentioned you were going to indianapolis you said the brickyard which bravo on that i'm sure this isn't your first nascar race but you said this really you've kind of fallen off the bandwagon here as far as nascar and for one i got to understand why that's happened because a lot of fans have done that i've been through that stage before a few years ago but then when I went back to a race, the fire was relit. So I kind of want to know what, first of all, what took you away from NASCAR? What was it specifically that just said, I'm a fan, but I'm not going to devote time to this? Let's uh, travel back to the early 2010s, shall we? Uh, Everham Motorsports is then merging with Richard Petty Motorsports. My favorite driver, Casey Kane, goes with the team, has the number nine car, driving for Budweiser at the time. And just a few years later, he's on Hendrick Motorsports. Now, credit, I was a younger fan at the time. Uh, no no offense to anyone who likes Hendrick, but I'm not always a fan of the big guy. And if you right. see your favorite driver get a big-time deal with the five car, funny enough, similar to how Kyle Larson's just skyrocketed because he gets a really nicer ride now when he was with compared to what he had with Chip Ganassi, you know, to me, I'm like, okay, I'm a little conflicted. Also at that time, I uh, felt like the racing was getting a little bit I don't know, samey. Um, I felt like that some of the cup rules in terms of the playoffs were being adjusted a little too fast. Yeah. Uh, you know, it felt like NASCAR was kind of switching things up on the fly every every other year. And that's a similar complaint I think other people have mentioned as the seasons have progressed and as NASCAR is trying to reestablish itself and just attract new fans. Because many people I talk to that are similar to me, not only their favorite drivers change teams, but the playoff system, since it was put into place in 2004, has sometimes, I felt, been tweaked just to say, F it, let's see what happens when we do this. And then right. they react 
and then people get pissed off because they're trying to fix things on the fly they should have never touched. Yeah, I remember a few years ago, it was Dale Earnhardt Jr. and Jeff Gordon not making the playoffs. And NASCAR the following season said, oh, we're going to add instead of 10 slots, 11, 12 slots, wild card slots, because their big draws weren't making the playoffs. Charlie, you wanted to say something? And by the way, we're we're trying to launch YouTube this week, so we can see you on your phone. No, that's fine. That's fine. I'm, I'm trying to take notes and stuff, too. Oh, so. is that what you're doing? I think it is. Yeah. So I, I'd have to agree with you on what you said as far as, you know, they're trying to make changes each year. Well, it's like they're trying to make changes on the fly. And instead of making one small change, seeing how it plays out, it's let's make a change. Well, that didn't work as fast as it should have. Let's change it up again. Yeah. And it just starts a – downward spiral of everything this thing dog tough go go on goodness gracious worst part about being on live i mean we're, we're not and, on live and, and, huh you said we're on youtube yeah we're we're switching we're trying to keep bring back youtube and this will be edited in post but act like it's oh, okay. live i got you i got you well, Char- good. charlie's you can, new to the podcasting can, game can, here yeah, Zach. you can you can knock out the dog part then you know i'll, I'll so we all sound like geniuses after editing I've, that yeah. should be a t-shirt that we sell there you go yeah good deal but yeah i, I gotta agree with you on that part though it's i lost it oh, i grew up in racing and even i've lost interest in nascar yeah i mean let's look at andy this weekend with the track issue I hate to tell you, it wouldn't be yeah. a track issue if we right. get rid of the splitters. Well, there wouldn't be a track issue either. Also, if in fairness, and I'm playing devil's advocate here, uh, is if, if they were on if the road. If, if you wouldn't turn the regular races into road courses, I already know where you're going with this. Well, you know, I didn't, I've never seen track issues. This was as bad for Indy as the 2008 tire debacle was. This was another black eye when I But that was out of NASCAR's control. That was out of NASCAR's control, but it was still under a NASCAR This was everything in NASCAR's control, and they still screw it up. Yeah, maybe, maybe not. But up till that point, with four laps to go, the race was, I think, boring. I think Zach might say something different since he was at the track. You know, I I was actually at both Xfinity and at the at the Cup race. Funny enough, both instances kind of just fell in my lap in oh, terms of tickets. Right, uh, I'm not joking. The Xfinity race, I had a relative just go, "Hey, you want to go to the race?" And I'm like, "I was wanting to go to the Cup, but hey, I'll go to this." The other one, you know, I got a I got to sit basically interns three and four. There's a little like party deck area, Miller Lite yeah, sponsor. I saw so, that. I saw that. So yeah, I, saw I was that. right there watching the cars go around the three and four turns, then exiting into the five and six with the turtle and that god awful, uh, you know, <laughs> racing bump. There you got. Yeah. That eventually became the problem at the end of the, at the end in causing the green white checkered issues. The overall race, I felt kind of felt like it sped by. I, I remember yeah. I was actually with my family, and I know that at least once I had at least. Uh, at least I have my mom with me, and she's going, hey, has there been any cautions? I'm like, well, besides the stage cautions, no, I, there's really been nothing. It's kind of been a clean day. Uh, I mean, you had Larson finally take over stage two, and just it felt like he was going to coast on. Well, in, until, uh, you know, the end the end final crashes in five and six to seem to derail a bunch of those uh, chances, oh, yeah. at least. It, it did. And um, going back to this whole thing, this with four laps to go, Twitter was blowing up. Social media was blowing up. This is a disaster. And going back to my statements before, this was as bad, I think, for Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Not so much NASCAR, because I think, again, this is out of NASCAR's control 
kind of alluding to what Charlie said. I know it's a totally different topic, track issues and versus tires. This really wasn't in NASCAR's control either. There's a problem with the track. The track gave way to constant pounding, not just from NASCAR, but from Indian IndyCar racing as well. This was just uh, the perfect storm of four laps to go. It took an hour to complete four laps. What's going on? It was just a disaster there at the end. I'm all for road course racing. I am. But, you know, and you look at Charlotte, what they did with a Roval, that's fine. Mm -hmm. But they kept the crown jewel part of Charlotte with the Coke 600. But taking the crown jewel part away from Indy with the with the Brickyard 400, they're in the wrong there. So, and I'll agree with adding road courses. I'm fine with. I really am because I'll I'll argue, I'll argue it to my grave that the road course races have been more exciting than the than the oval races this year. But don't sacrifice your crown jewel races for the road course races. And they did that this weekend at Indy, and it it bit them in my opinion well it's it's so hard for that i have so much respect for the brickyard 400 uh i mean growing up that's that was an that was one of the few tracks i went to otherwise i went to uh michigan international because you know i had family up in up in brooklyn michigan that i was able to go visit and you know i love indianapolis for the history and the culture but if you look at just the interest in that race i think i know why they did it you know, the buzz around town was, oh, my God, they're turning into a road course. And it's all because they want to re-energize it. You know, that whole tire debacle kind of set a downward trend to where you have NASCAR and IMS now, especially now Roger Penske owning the track right. and being involved in NASCAR to being one of the top teams in the track. You're going, how do we fix this and make it interesting? Because I like the standard track that IMS has, but the local fandom sees it as a race that goes well it's going to come down to the tires again. And I know it's not as severe as the 08 race was and how debacling it was, but I would say almost every year since then, some major part of the race has come down to a tire issue, cutting down a car and changing the course of it. Or in terms of two years ago, it was a wreck fest. And And that's how that decided the race. One one could turn right around and argue from the the driver's aspect and and the the engineering aspect. They're, They're wanting these cars to go just as fast as, as they possibly can. So these things are made to run just as aggressive as they possibly can. Yes. So maybe so much, maybe, yes, was there a tire issue? No doubt. But could have some of it, you know, some of it is avoidable if you back the aggression on the setups just a little bit. And are you ever going to do that? Are you ever convinced the team to do that? Absolutely not. You're there to do one thing and one thing only, and that's go as fast as possible and win races. Yeah. So some of it's going to be – majority of it's tires, yes, but some of it is the way these teams look for that – just that little bit of edge and get just as aggressive with these setups as they possibly can. Mm-hmm. And sure, you go pop a right front and everything. These right fronts take a lot of heat. You could pop a right front as easily at Indianapolis as you can at Texas, Atlanta, Charlotte. Insert track name here. You could. I've seen. I, I, you, yes and you no, see but, it, but you see because it. because well, the banking on IMS is yeah, much the, different. Yeah, absolutely, you're right. The banking, you're the banking right. plays a huge part of it. No, you're absolutely right. But at Martinsville, you see this as well. You you see the tire issues as well, and it's and to Charlie's point, yeah. And Martinsville is also a flatter track like Indianapolis. It's not as fast either. To Charlie's point, you 
I think it's really up to the teams. Do you want to play conservative yet consistent all day, or do you want to be, cool, or do you want to play? Do you want to play on the edge and have a faster car with a potential yep. to win that may not last? I mean, we saw Denny Hamlin dominate that race a number of years ago with a handful of laps to go. There goes the right front to Zach's point. I mean, I get your point. I mean, I don't think anybody wants to see this trend go on. And now with this whole road course thing and the track not staying together like it should, is this is this really the end for Indianapolis Motor Speedway? Well, and and on top of that, Zach, how many people were there? I, I will say that in terms of the Cup to Xfinity, there's definitely a significant bump. Uh, in terms of the last time I was at any Brickyard, which I believe was 2018, I was actually, no joke, I was a yellow shirt for the security team there. Oh, wow. uh, they, My dad kind of had been hired on for years, and I just joined up. Um, I, it's hard to say, but I think it was a little bit of a bump. Uh, they were saying over the weekend that, at least at the Xfinity race, that tickets were selling, quote-unquote, well. So right. I'm going to assume that that means Penske might have been happy with the attendance. I, I will say that in the Xfinity race, the front stretch was not as sold as the cup race. Right, and, uh, and that's It normal. definitely felt like they sold a lot more tickets for at least the front stretch and then in that turn four area where you'll see turns one through four, maybe five and six at the back end right. on the track layout. So it felt a little more filled in. It was a good vibe. I think it may have been a bit better. They just want ticket sales. That's the thing. Like IMS is kind of, in terms of NASCAR's, in terms of 400, it's a jewel to rate to drivers. But as a seller, it's a struggling seller. It really uh, it's, is. That's the thing. And and I wonder if the ticket sales, and I don't know if Roger Penske or IMS will release these numbers and see it if it was like a 20% increase, a whatever percentage increase. But still looking at it, it did look packed, but on the front stretch, to me, it didn't look as packed as I've seen in Brickyard's past. Not every seat's going to be filled there. The only time that place really sells out is for the 500. Ever since the 100th running, it's been that way, and that was even something before the 100th. The 500 was having issues with ticket sales until... They hit their anniversary. Ever since then, people have gotten a reinterest in IndyCar, and IndyCar right. is getting much more viewership too. So that's why. That, Otherwise, that, this used to be a struggling event for a few that, years. That yeah. may be the same thing that the Brickyard's going through. I think that's as far exactly as it. as far as on the NASCAR side of stuff, the Brickyard 400. Because no one wants. I don't think there's a person out there who would be willing to say we want to get rid of Indy. You don't want to get rid of that. It's such a historic track, not just for NASCAR but for IndyCar. Formula One, you name it. A lot of racing's happened there. A lot of history's happened there. And I I sent out a poll after the race saying, after the debacle at Indianapolis, do you you think this is grounds to stop the road course or get rid of the road course and go back to the oval? And it was a 50-50 split. Ten people said yes and ten people said no, which I was quite surprised that 20 people actually responded to the poll, first of all. But I, I think wow. just based on you're, you're just you're, you're you're just degrading the <laughs> the site. I tell you what, no, I'm not. I'm just that's the most number we've had on a poll. That's I'm just saying our reach right. is getting out there after a hundred episodes. But after hearing that and seeing the poll and kind of going back and forth with this since since Sunday, I'm kind of thinking we give it another shot. I think NASCAR's learned from it and try to fix their errors that they had. As tough as that might be, they're taking a a lot of blasted of a lot of criticism right now. Well, let me let me ask you this for you guys: If they remove that in the least in the Cup race, if they were to remove kind of that bump, 
kind of that, uh, I guess not really barrier, but kind of that warning like strip on five and six, yep. like they did at the end of the race. Yep. You know, you take it off. Really, you just got to worry about the turtle bump there that that had five Xfinity cars jump in the air and the, Indy the car, day before. And a cup and the car. Indy cars. They had a lot of cars go airborne. Mm-hmm. If, if you just take that one strip that causes a major accident and then that got off a green-white checkered sequence at the end, are you fine with the race? I am. And it wasn't a horrible race. Like I said, it wasn't the most exciting road course I've seen this year. But I will say if you get you need to get rid of that turtle that causes cars to go airborne because if they continue to do that, that will cause a car to go out of control and you just have another calamity on your hands. Right. Yeah, you need to get rid of that. That's a safety issue right there. That's a team cost issue. And NASCAR needs to go back to what Formula One does and IndyCar does and enforce track limits. If you go off that track right there, the track limits, it is you're out of bounds. You need to yield for however many seconds, and then you can continue. It's a penalty. Um, but what if uh, – or should it be more like, okay, if you do that, Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner by initiating the pass, like more like the double yellow line rule at Talladega and Daytona. But in Briscoe's case, I believe is who it was, where he got forced out there. That's a totally Mm -hmm. different section of the track. That is a totally different issue. Okay. But then he still, I say he still got penalized for it. He did. The one time NASCAR enforced track limits that I've ever seen was that incident. Yeah. He didn't gain yeah. anything or lose anything. In fact, he probably lost something, but yeah, he, he, didn't, uh, he didn't gain the lead. No, absolutely not. If anything, he retained his position at the Right, most. and I saw that when I, oh, he just retained his position. Then I'm listening to his scanner, and he said, they said, hey, you got to stop. We'll get into that because that's a whole different issue to me. That's a whole other wow. part of the show that I think we need to discuss too. But to Zach's question... I think if they look at turn five and those S's again and say we need to get rid of this, because they got rid of the orange one after the Xfinity race, after that turn one incident, first lap incident, I should say. Right. <laughs> and they got rid of that quickly after that race, and I don't, I'm surprised they didn't do it for the other side. And this is one thing my uh, uncle and I were talking about throughout the course of the race, and we were talking about the track limits – and not going off and enforcing track limits. And my uncle said it best. He said, it's a racetrack. It's not a free-for-all. And you got to be able to say, these are the track limits like Formula One does. If you go off the track limits, you're paying a lot. You get a warning. But then after mm-hmm. you do it two or three times, it's like, no, we're not playing that game anymore. You're done, especially hey, after you, this you, weekend. You're doing it on purpose. At right, that point. you're doing it on purpose. One time, okay, we could get away with, especially, and to your point, Charlie, I think we could say, it is a judgment call for NASCAR. If somebody gets forced down there, okay. If somebody gets forced down there and gives up the spot back, no penalty. You know, I think it's yeah. such a judgment call, and you got to put it under the race director's hands. But the race directors proved, I think, today, and the track not officials the best at making judgment calls. Yeah, and the mm-hmm. track officials proved, I think, they need to go back and re look at everything, not just for Indianapolis Motor Speedway, 
But for Michigan coming up, Daytona, two key races coming up here before the cup playoffs start. Because if something like this happens there and determines the course of the race, like say in Michigan, NASCAR is going to be under, you're going to be the ants and the NASCAR fans are going to be holding that magnifying glass, just burning them, I feel. Yeah. Well, I have it coming at that point. Right. Did that answer your question, Zach? That's satisfactory. Because everyone wanted to know, you know, you're taking away, as you know, as Charlie's saying there, a traditional gem racetrack format. And you're putting it in what is usually designated as the, we'll get some extra change out of coming back here for other series. You know, I I mean, IndyCar doesn't look at the Grand Prix as its crown jewel. Right. It looks at the 500 as it's a throwaway race. It was doubled up with Xfinity for Christ's sake as a double header ticket. And that's another topic I wanted to get into after this, but I really think if you bring back the oval, people are going to complain. There are guys who love the road course, but don't like it. I, I was there at the 2004 United States Grand Prix for formula one back before they put in those little chicanes going into oval one and where they just came off of that back stretch and zoomed around oval one down the front stretch. I want them to bring that back, but that's probably a safety issue. I think from the IndyCar point of view, which they just kept for the NASCAR series. I don't know why they reconfigured that track so much, but all of it's pretty much the same, but I'd much rather go to a NASCAR race at an oval than a road course. We've talked about that on the show before, but I think just based on what the fans are saying, they're probably going to keep it in again, and we'll have to see what what the schedule brings next year. They're not they're not going to scrap it after one year. No, I'd be. I think they're. So, gonna, I think they're going to try. Uh, it again. You're going to see it at least two years, and they'll do a almost like a, a what is it a a cost comparison or whatnot. Yeah, yeah, and and, and go from there on it. Then I think teams might have a say in it. They're going to definitely want to have their two cents placed in it after dozens of torn up race cars. I know, I know drivers have been complaining plenty before and yeah, after. If, I, if I'm not mistaken, Kyle Larson and uh, Harvick voiced their opinions even beforehand. And, and, and for Kyle to voice his opinion about a road course after he's pretty well dominated on yeah. this year between him and Chase Elliott, other than Christopher Bell winning in the opening race. That should tell you something. I yeah. mean, and and this was what Daniel Suarez said, and I saved this tweet just for the this moment that was going to eventually come up. Uh, Daniel Suarez tweeted out on Sunday, "It was embarrassing the lack of respect on the track today. Literally, like the dumb kids driving bumper cars. We're supposed to be professionals, and today we showed everything but that." I, I saw plenty of bumping and banging with oh those yeah. races. I know just I know road to, courses are more of that, but it seemed like there was a ton more between the two. I know Eric Almirola, for crying out loud, was one of the better cars until he basically got his front end dented in and then was just stuck at the back the rest of the day yeah, with repairs. Yeah, and that's what happened. You know, well, I can't say been, I wasn't happy about that, but <laughs> if, if there was ever a phrase for an ask or if there was ever a race for NASCAR that, hey, I'm going to win it on the start on the first lap, it was this race because they, yep. it, by all means, I, those first, I dare say, eight people were trying to win it each start going yep. into turn one. Folks, before we continue on with today's show, I wanted to remind everyone out there about our online store at Teespring. There you can find the latest and greatest rambling about racing gear such as T-shirts, hoodies, hats, mugs, pint glasses, you name it. We have it. If we don't have it, let us know what you want and we'll make it up for you. Head over to ramblingaboutracing.com, and on the top of the page, you'll see a tab that says Store. that will take you directly to our Teespring page. 
There you can find, again, all of our rambling race about racing gear, as well as our throwback in the marbles gear. So head over there, and all purchases will help out rambling about racing, bring you more content in the future, better content in the future. But just head over to teespring.com forward slash stores forward slash in the marbles or ramblingaboutracing.com. The stores tab is at the top. Click on it, and it'll take you directly to Seaspring to check out all of our latest gear. Gambling. Oh, yeah. And that, that leads us to this. Denny Hamlin and Chase Briscoe. Charlie brought it up, him cutting through, getting pretty bumped by... Hey, Matt, he got Matt, shoved off the track. He got shoved I mean, off the track by Matt DiBenedetto, whether it was on purpose or not. I don't but think that was, I don't think it was Matty D's fault because Matty D yeah, was just getting, getting shoved around too. Yeah. It was there's just like those chaotic starts I was just talking about. Right. And then we get into that whole thing. He came back on the track, neither gaining or losing to me an advantage that I saw. But NASCAR said, You got a penalty with two laps to go, and I'm sure the crew chief of the fourteen and everybody within power that organization was talking to the official no that's not what happened they were i can promise you whenever chase says whenever chase briscoe said he had no clue he had a penalty i didn't hear anything come over the radio that said you got to stop until after he never knew he had a penalty because they were going to argue and never say a word to him they were going to his crew on that box Mm -hmm. were going to argue that until they had nothing else to argue whether the race was over when they were done arguing or not. They were going to let Chase race, and that's exactly what they did. Right, but Unfortunate, it comes uh, to- uh, fortunately, fortunately, he got to Denny, and he was he was going for the win, and that's what Chase was there to do. Right. Penalty or no penalty, truly believe that but- uh, wholeheartedly he had no clue about the penalty because his team was not going to let him know about the but penalty. But here's the problem with that. Not knowing that he doesn't have a penalty, Denny Hamlin got spun out by, at that point, a car who was illegal. He's mathematically locked in anyway. Who cares? Right, but that's not the point. The point is, Denny Hamlin, and I get it, Denny Hamlin's been on the giving end of this. I can remember back in Martinsville with Chase Elliott. Yep. And, and when it go, what goes around comes around. But for that to happen to Denny Hamlin... I'm going to have to ask Zach this because he was there. First of all, I want to want, want to know when you saw that on the screen, what was everybody's reaction and what was your reaction? But it was a lot of cheers. Oh, I mean, it was, uh, <laughs> I mean, kind of, a, it's, a, it's a shocking moment. You know, like we, we had all been at that time, just kind of, I think we we're all on the edge of our seat, just how the, how the wrecks had gone yeah. and just seeing, you know, would it happen again? Are we, you know, did they get the, did they get five, did they get at least six, five and six corrected? Right. You know, obviously that, that rose up the crowd a bit, you know, just kind of crazy. It was just crazy to see. And you don't, you know, you can only for IMS, they did their best they could to, address that if it was a penalty or not, you know, but it's only, it's so hard to hear sometimes over, you know, all yeah. the cars while you're cheering on. I think it, it was just an exciting moment. So it, to those there, it just added on to, okay, this is kind of a, you know, this definitely makes it worth my money because it's an right. exciting finish. Obviously Hamlin being as popular as he is, you know, you're going to you have some people disappointed of course, and going and just be like, I can't believe this. Although because Chase Briscoe is the state kid in the race, yep. People were, you know, when he got the lead early on over William Byron, people were cheering across across the racetrack. Just the final few laps of him being number two right there and fighting Hamlin hard. 
Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you saw, if it wasn't for that penalty, he probably takes the lead and wins, oh, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, Almondinger probably gives him a good run, but I think Briscoe wins his first cup race if yeah. that penalty is not assessed. So that place would have lost it even more. Now, credit Almondinger is a popular open wheel. So just being open, open wheel star at IMS, you're going to have people getting loud and excited. So, right. you know, either way, the energy was palpable. It was, but. Man, I got to give it to Denny Hamlin. Him going up to Chase Briscoe, who's a rookie, and Denny Hamlin, who's been doing this Cup Series thing since 2006, and showing the poise, and it was a teaching moment. Because even Hamlin admitted that, I've done stupid stuff like that before. I've Again, I refer back to the Chase Elliott incident. I've done stupid stuff like that before, and I've had stupid stuff done to me before. But I, everybody knew that Chase Briscoe had an answer for that because Hamlin's still going for his first win of the season. Hamlin's not a pushover race car driver. He's still got a lot of fight in him. He's doing a great job. Locked into the playoffs to Charlie's point. But at the same time, you want to get locked in with that win. Vice points. It doesn't matter going into Michigan and Daytona. He's fine. But, man, really the question comes down to this. Was the team of Chase Briscoe wrong for not telling him you have a penalty because that wasn't really fair for Denny Hamlin? Absolutely not. I say that because if the roles were reversed, Hamlin's team would have done the exact same damn thing. Would they have? Going for a win? Absolutely they would have. <laughs> okay. What, Interesting. What you, you, neither of those drivers have won this year. No, well, so Chase Briscoe hasn't won at all. If the roles were reversed, Denny would have done the same thing and his and that team would have not told him a, a thing with two laps to go they'd have been right down there arguing with the officials about the same right. thing that hey we got shoved off the track we did not cut through on purpose why are we getting penalized so right. no absolutely not i would not have said a word to him okay. we could have we could have seen a uh, robbie gordon in the bush series moment there right <laughs> and what it's not like denny the fight but i wouldn't have blamed him for doing something but the I I commend his, his ass whip. No, he wouldn't enough. I don't think. I think I think he would have been fine. I think Denny Hamlin's a good <laughs> race car driver, and and I think it was a good teaching moment for Frisco. But Zach, what do you think about that? Was that fair for Hamlin? I, I don't know. I, I think NASCAR always get it seems gets always knocked on communication skills and trying to address problems on the track when they occur, or at least enforcing rules when they occur. If you're informed and you're trying to be accountable i would say that that's probably what should have been the case but again you know if we're talking racing advantage like you're saying matt i almost feel like that shouldn't have been penalized for being shoved into the grass still being in second when you're going into turn three fighting for the lead at that point you know that's the part that kind of ticks me off i'm not i'm actually not as mad that briscoe didn't get his his form his team didn't inform him because to me as a fan sitting there i'm like all right, you know, he it's harder to drive through grass with those cars. So yeah. the fact that he even made that work was impressive to me that he got it back in there to be in second. So the fact he didn't point. tear the splitter off the front right. of it. That's the amazing. same thing. You know, that that's something that stuck to me. I was like, oh, this is turning into something great. Right. And then it felt like NASCAR just kind of became what it usually does with like say like double line rulings or let's, other minutes. Let's, let's give Denny the win because he drove through the grass. <laughs> just like just come on and be the uh, just comes right. out and be is the pity party if you want, and right. yeah. that's what it felt like to me. It's like okay, Briscoe shouldn't have been penalized for basically not getting an advantage. So it's not like it was an emer- it was not like it was a uh, one of those uh, abandoned like one of those alleyways where it's to, you know to save the car to avoid a wreck. It's the and grass. Neither, 
it's almost like you need a what I would call a whole person concept. You know, instead of looking at what he did, and I, I granted, I get it. There's two. There was two only two laps left. They got plenty of people up there that can look at this situation though, and just viewing these monitors. Mm-hmm. Like I said, what I would call the whole person concept. Look at what caused it, what happened, and what was the result of it. But you know, he, don't look at just the fact that whoa, well, he drove through the grass. He skipped the whole corner. What did he gain from it? Absolutely nothing. But at right. the same time, with two laps to go, it isn't like to uh, you're going to use Zach's podcast here it isn't like they could the officials could throw the the flag down whistle the play dead and say stop let's look at this nice you can't do that in nascar and charlie knows that that's why they have flags they just go hey black flag now i could have understood if nothing was said until Uh, i'll argue that and nothing was said but two laps ago i think it was maybe a a snap decision by nascar we'll penalize him because we, how, how long, when was the last time you seen track limits playing a part in, in any road course race? It's been years how, for me. How much time does it take to get around one lap of the Indy road course? Ooh. Maybe maybe about a, a minute. What, 46 seconds 46 or 46 so? seconds to a minute. Okay. Depending. How long do they have to review a play in football? Oh, really as much time as you as need, much time but they try and need. get it done faster than anything. Right. They usually they do. don't review it no more than about a minute. Mm-hmm. You're right. Right. Okay, we're gonna uh, talk that. So, way. so we're about we're about the same there. So, they could have reviewed it in, in that amount of time. And usually, you only have one person back in New York or so looking at that film, right? And you got one ref looking at it. Where NASCAR is, there they got multiple people looking at multiple different camera angles and could have called that either which way. Again, they're no, racing uh, though. Abs- Absolutely not. That, no, that they, goes- they could have. That was a bad call in NASCAR. They I mean, screwed the pooch. I mean, it, it goes back to, I think, it, you can't make these decisions on the fly. NASCAR has a I'm about tendency. to hang up the phone. No, you're not. NASCAR <laughs> has a tendency to do that. NASCAR has a tendency to say, hey, I've got, we've got to make a decision. We've got to make it now. Instead of, to football's point, go through the replay and stuff, but with two laps to go, it is if it happened on lap two, it would have been a totally different, I think, Let's see what happens, and then give them a penalty, or not give them a penalty. But with two laps to go, you got to make no. a quick decision because within the matter of two minutes, give or take an accident on turn five, the race is over. I mean, you could penalize someone after the race points and stuff, and not take away anything like that or fine them. It's such a thin line to walk for NASCAR because it isn't like any other sport where you could just say timeout. You can't do that. You can't just stop the cars and say, I, I got to review this. But they, they definitely. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This holiday, whether you're making a Baker's Simple Truth Turkey for 40 or a Murray's Baked Brie for two, Baker's has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup, so you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Choose from a great selection of digital coupons and use them up to five times in one transaction. Check our app for details. Baker's, fresh for everyone.
had time. They could they could have it was turn one. It was. They they could have made a decision by the time they come back to take the white flag. But then if you I would Yeah, go ahead, Zach. I wish there was a read the room doctrine type of like write writing for NASCAR rules. Cause if we're like talking about turn one at the at this road course, you you've already mentioned it, Matt. Charlie, you've alluded to it. Going into turn one at IMS's road course is like any typical F1 start where it's just a mad dash of cars yep. and you're hoping to God at least two to three of them fit in there. Unless you're something's Lewis not Hamilton going and you just can't touch him because it's the golden child. We're not talking right. about Formula One. <laughs> We're not talking about they're on off seat. They're on a break. I know. I, know. <laughs> I see I have touched a nerve. But <laughs> anyway. No, I see but, I have touched a nerve there. Yeah, go, but, go on. But again, like ever, anyway, the, yeah. any restart we've seen, we saw this past yep. weekend's race. It was crazy. You, everyone's assuming that they're all going to fit. And then, of course, turn one, you not all of them are going to fit. Right. You, you're, if you get three, great. Because every time I saw three wide at that, going into turns one through three, I'm going, Someone's going to spin out. I just am waiting for it. So, of course, Briscoe getting shunted. If you're a NASCAR official to me, you're going, okay, so obviously everyone tried to force themselves at the end of the race. You know, Matt Benedito somehow with that damaged car is still sitting there trying to win himself. Read the room a little bit. Like, okay, okay he got punted, you know? <laughs> yep, I'll, I'll take your point to the next step. That's been happening all race. So how long until eventually somebody just got punted so hard they had no choice but to go across the grass mm-hmm. like that. Right. And and I like that. Read the room. I've never heard that before in my time of watching sports. You learn today. Yeah, I learned today because now that makes sense. <laughs> if it was a blatant him alone and I'm going to cut the corner to save a couple seconds, okay, yeah, you, you cut the corner. But if you're racing for the win, it's like, this is exciting. Imagine right, if... What? Imagine if he would have not been penalized and Chase Briscoe spun Denny Hamlin in order to secure that win, in order to secure him into the playoffs and win his first race in front of his home state, his home track. The crowd would have gone nuts. That's a good point. But at the same time, if you read the room in every situation that NASCAR has a rule for, you're going to lose control. You're like, well, he got away with it last year. Why couldn't I get away with it this year? I did the same thing he did, and everybody will be protesting that. I think NASCAR needs to set a precedent with track boundaries for one and track limits, not just for Indianapolis, but for all the road courses, because I've seen them go wide on Circuit of the Americas when if you did that in F1, you'd get penalized for it. You need to start abiding by the track limits. It's a track, like my uncle said, not a free-for-all. Okay, then they should have narrowed up the straightaway going into turn one rather than leaving it as wide as it is during the regular brickyard. And then let's say, Hey, let's take a football field and let's funnel it into a two lane highway. You got a whole nother calamity on that one. I mean, I think the track's set up fine as it is with the exception of the last turn. I wanted to see the full turn of oval one and two out of the back straightaway. That's what I would like to see back there. You know, I think the funnel would just cause a chaos there because I we saw great restarts. We saw the best no, racing. Was you're on not restarts. taking away the restarts. You're just taking away the calamity going into one there, and you're taking away. You're, you're slowly narrowing it up out of the restart zone. Right. Going into one, you're not just slamming it shut. You're just slowly narrowing it up, going into one. Rather than as you know, like it is going down the front straightaway, and then everybody's trying to turn right into one to where it just 
there's no room. I, I think it's and now you got cars is, three, four, five wide trying to outbreak everybody to the left of them to turn right. And so instead of that, let's once that green flag mm-hmm. drops, at some point in time, the track needs to start narrowing so that and there's your track limits that you're talking about. That's that where that precedence has been set. That's that track limit that hey. If you're below this line going into one, you have to freaking give way to everybody else. Right. And you're slowly funneling. You're not just mm-hmm. slamming that door shut. You're just slowly, and everybody knows. And I think that'll eliminate a lot of that chaos. And you won't have to make calls like you had to make with Briscoe. Well, then why not just uh, use the pit road entrance line at the blend line exiting pit road for this case? As That's the fine. out of balance marker. You can't go past this line. That's fine. It's like the double, but even still, you're still gonna have to narrow it up even more. No, I think I think it was fine the way it was. And Zach sitting there getting a good view going into there, he saw some great action. Yes, I I, one one through four to me is the most exciting part of the track. Right, it's it's the best part. You get you you get all the cars. Of course, are trying to play it like a normal like the normal brickyard straightaway. So you're trying to get upwards 150 plus miles an hour down the front stretch. And then you have to, you know, rely on your braking and better understanding of the racing lanes there to outmaneuver. I mean, the road course is definitely harder to pass on here at IMS than it was traditionally right. with the old track. So you have to be a much better skilled racer, I think, yeah. than a traditional oval racer there to win to win out. You know, uh, the results either way were kind of surprised. We're kind of surprising, right. and uh, yeah, I mean, I liked it overall. Okay, good. Um, you know, I, I think looking back, like at least with Briscoe's incident there, you know, I can see this as a typical NASCAR saying, well, the driver should have done it better. And that's right. probably how they'll play it with the penalty going forward. Like we parked him because, you know, he didn't have to do that. He could have drove half grass, half track. You know, he just he just got shunted and decided to cheat. And then no, they parked him because they booted Hamlin. That was the main well, yeah, reason that, why that, they, that's the reason why, too, why they parked him. him. But uh here, here's my question to you, and here's another topic, and then we'll start slowing down and wrapping up this show. If the IndyCar race was held on the same day as the Cup race, do you think that would have benefited NASCAR and Indy more? Ooh, because you saw you saw the Xfinity race where they just had the the Indy race before. Then I think having both top series, the IndyCar and the Cup series, racing the same day. To where, if you buy a cup ticket, you have an Indy ticket, and vice versa, it would show those open wheel fans that, hey, this is stock car racing. Here's the difference in how they run it. Or NASCAR fan, hey, here's Indy car. You can get an appreciation of that, and maybe get a few fans. I think Indy may missed an opportunity with that one. And well, I mean, they'll get to make it up next year because I, I can promise you, the road course is not going anywhere. Right, but I for for next year, or, so maybe it's something for them to consider next or, year, or even switching up the Memorial Day weekend. I know it's the Coke Six Hundred normally, but switching that race, moving that to the fall, and moving a maybe Brickyard Four Hundred to the same race weekend as Indy Five Hundred, you get nine hundred miles racing there as a fan, both Indy and NASCAR. Two different days. Interesting. Although I had to be for as the NASCAR fan in me, that would be a tough sell to move a traditional, it would, would. you know, a traditional race at the Coke 600, you know, for the significance it is from that date on on a Memorial day weekend, Memorial day. That's just a, what if for me, but I think with the road course next year, they should have the cup race and the Indy race race the same day. 
I, I think you could do it. Although you definitely, <laughs> you definitely would have to sell the tickets at a higher price than what with the Xfinity. Cause the Xfinity really is the throw into the IndyCar track price right. at that point. Whereas if you do it both the same, both premier races, yeah, you're going to be asking fans to probably upsell. You're going to upsell your ticket a bit more. And then you're going to have to ask, say fans, well, yes, you're paying more, but you do get two races. And then you're going to have to hope right. that the NASCAR fans want the Indy race and that the Indy car fans, if it's the first race, are like, sure, I'll stick around for stock cars. Hell, why not? Yeah. So you're I banking think- on something that you aren't totally set in stone would work yet is the only problem. Yeah. And I, like I said, right. I think the reason why they probably sold it for a Saturday is the majority of them Indy fans that were there were probably already staying Saturday night and leaving Sunday anyway. Right. So that that probably had a lot to do with them selling the Xfinity mm-hmm. and IndyCar together as well. So I, I think I'd buy that ticket. I think if you're a race fan, regardless if it's open wheel, stock car, IMSA, Formula One, if you I have mean, a some chance, of us got to work for a living, though. Yeah, I, I get that. But you plan the weekend around that. <laughs> Okay, Zach, let me ask you this. If you had sure. the ch- I don't know if you bought the tickets or not. I don't know if they were ha- uh, given to you. But He said family earlier. You weren't listening? Your family gave you the tickets? I, I heard Well, Michigan. yeah, so I, I stumbled into both, surprisingly, although my original attempt was to go to the cup race. So Okay, and um, how much were tickets yeah. there for the cup race? Oh, general admission that I was given was 35 35 um, for, yeah. $35 for a cup ticket, which is not a bad deal. For that's, one, that's a steal. Dirt that's, cheap. That's dirt cheap. And for the fact, and even though general admission IMS is generally infield seats, the best seats, like I told you, are one through four, which most of the mounds for infield seating and yeah. like lawn chairs are one through four. So you're going to get a good deal, if you ask me, because it's the best part of the track to watch, I think, unless you're on the opposite side by turns 13 and 14 going into the checkered flag. So just being based on what you saw this past weekend, if IndyCar came up and said we're having a doubleheader for next week, next year's Indianapolis road course, would you be willing to cough up maybe on top of that $35 for general admission tickets, say another 40 for an IndyCar ticket, so $75 total to go watch two of the top series in the country in their own respective disciplines? Do what they do best, and that's go out there and try to win. $70, mm, $75. 75 bucks, huh? I would say for myself, yes, but hesitantly a yes. Just I'm more of an, like, this is where I'm stuck because I'm more a NASCAR, less Indy. I like Indy cars. Right. I respect the drivers and the style of race that it is. I love that it's higher speeds, more nimble. You have to be agile and more finesse racing, less than the bumping and banging of stock cars. But... I have been more of a NASCAR guy in my life. So okay. from that perspective, it's a throw in. If I had to justify the price, sure. Yeah, I could say yes. But one where I'd be like, it'd be more like a grumbling under my breath. Like here's 75 bucks and I go into the track. Okay. I mean, that's fair enough because I, I feel like that would bleed over more and you get fans that are NASCAR like an Indian and vice versa. It's like, oh, this is what IndyCar is. This is cool. You know, I think, too, you could make it an event. So I think this race, you should act like you do with the 500 lead up. Why not do like a carb day event or like something where there's a concert or a party around the track more? So, you know, it, it feels like with the NASCAR event the last few years, I know that like in near the track, Georgetown Road is kind of the everything's there and they closed it off. So it's more of a 
part, like a walk down the street, like, you know, talk to vendors and talk to those that are tailgating outside and all that. But like, why not expand on that? Like treat it like it's the 500 and actually like right. put in like events and things, make it like, in a, make it a thing that says you're coming to Indianapolis for this. And it's a whole like Thursday through Sunday affair type of thing. Yeah. Every day is a special thing here in mid August. I think that's a COVID thing right now. Well, Yes. But um, right I, I hear what you're saying, but you know, when I go to the track, I don't care about the concerts. I want to watch the racing. That's just me. But I mean, for you, but for you, you might say, yeah, I might as well catch a mm-hmm. country concert of whatever they're doing right now while they get ready to do pre-race. I mean, that's a lot. I think a lot of people would take advantage of that. But uh, what do you think, Charlie? Do you think an Indy Cup doubleheader will work out? Um, yeah, and no. I feel like they thought that it would work better for the Xfinity race mm-hmm. because this is Saturday. A lot of people get there Friday, buy the ticket, watch two races Saturday, watch a race Sunday, go home. Right. Now, granted, if you can run, you know, maybe if you can run the Andy car race and the cup race and be done with the cup race by the same time you were on Sunday, okay, maybe you could justify that. I don't know if you could do that. You had to start the IndyCar race pretty early because you you you, you just got to throw in a lot of considerations. You know, what if this happens? What if that happens? Consider rain delay because you know with with rain, I guess you know IndyCar can run rain tires, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, but they can as well. It's just a lot of factors, especially on right. a Sunday. Then everybody having to go back to work on Monday. A lot of people won't be there. I, I just feel like Saturday is the better fit for throwing a two for one. All right, fair enough. I will say too that Xfinity racing, I think, has gotten better since over the last few seasons. Um, It has. I know NASCAR's their whole thing last few years has been a star problem, and I think they're finally figuring that out. At least in terms of like marketable stars, like they used to have with Gordon and Junior. Now I think they're finding out with Elliot, with the Elliots and the you know Luganos of the world. You know, Xfinity with like Austin Sindrick or even Almondinger finding his niche niche there. Ty Gibbs being there, Harrison Burton becoming yeah. a rising star. Yeah, like there's so. people you want to watch in that one that I think also helps with that ticket. You know, yeah. and you can make that price lower because it's the secondary league too. That's great points, gentlemen. I I think it would work out. I think just hearing Charlie's point of view, I think it would benefit it being on a Saturday. But I think both having both NASCAR and Indy on the same weekend, I think it's a cool bleed over. Unless you did a I think it's unless cool. you did a Saturday cup race. That's about the only way I could see justifying it. Maybe a Texas night race where I think NASCAR and Indy could do together. I think something like that along the line would yeah, help yeah, out IndyCar more so. IMS yeah, but then lights. would it be as yeah, you know, would it would it be as great if it's not at Indy Motor Speedway? I think if I watched the IndyCar race I watched at Pocono the same weekend as the NASCAR Cup drivers were at Pocono, I don't think it would have taken, or the same day, I don't think it would have taken away from it at all. Okay. I think IndyCar is are just kind of the redheaded stepchild of the auto racing series in America. It needs that, what Zach said, the marketable drivers. And, yeah, they got the Connor Dailies, the Julio Castro Neverses. They got a lot of big-name drivers there, but nobody wants to watch the amount of road course racing they have. I watch the oval racing for IndyCar all the time, the Texas, the Indianapolis 500. I'll do that all day, but I won't sit there and watch an IndyCar, which is an American version of a Formula One race going on then. I just won't do that. We talked to Connor Daly about that. And he said, I asked him if they brought in more ovals, would it help out? And he's like, yeah, it would. Go back and listen to that one if you want. But gentlemen, I mean, that was great. We're going to get into our final thoughts here. Driver of the week this week in NASCAR. So we're going to start wrapping up this 100th episode. 
but not before you hear an ad read from Fanatics and a few from the Unhinged Sports Network. This is Rambling About Racing. We'll be right back after this. Before we wrap up today's show, I wanted to remind everyone out there about our partnership with Fanatics. Fanatics is a proud partner of the Unhinged Sports Network, which we here at Rambling About Racing are a proud affiliate of. So if you head over to ramblingaboutracing.com under our sponsors tab, there at the bottom you'll see a link to Fanatics. It'll take you right to the NASCAR page where you can get all your latest and greatest driver gear, such as T-shirts, hoodies, diecasts, and much more. But it doesn't just stop; have to stop there. If you like Alabama Crimson Tide football, buy Alabama Crimson Tide football from there. If you like Washington Capitals, Washington Capitals has all their stores there as well. So head over to ramblingaboutracing.com under the sponsor tab. Link is there at the bottom for Fanatics. All purchases will help out the Unhinged Sports Network bring you better content and more content for the future. Go check them out. Final thoughts here on this very special 100th episode of Rambling About Racing. Special thanks to Zach for being here again. And Zach, I got to ask you this. What took me coming back into the realm of NASCAR and to actually fall in love with this sport again was actually going to to a race. Is it the same for you? And how long has it been since your last race? Oh, man. My last race before this past one was working for IMS's security 2018 for the Brickyard. We'll say as a fan, Um, though, not working the track, as a fan. fan. Yeah, as a fan. Oh, man, that would have been, oh, my God, that is a while then. I want to say it's definitely been over 10 years. Okay, so it's Uh, a good decade. It's been a minute. Hearing the sights of the cars, the sounds of the cars, seeing the cars, seeing the action, smelling the fuel, smelling the tire smoke. Did it, did it bring you back? Did you go, I missed this? Wait, how how did you feel about that? Much like the song Jack and Diane, the uh, country one, not not the John Mellencamp one, Uh-oh. of course. Uh, <laughs> memories, The memories take me back. Obviously, the smell of Octane, you know, being right there, um, getting kind of, I mean, not to say I not to say any fumes jokes, but, you know, it just that and the burning <laughs> rubber, like yeah. those are kind of like one of those like, bat, like long ago type of triggering memories for me that are really good, you know, and especially... Uh, for the rubber portion, I actually, when my dad was working a security job there, like, I think like 04, he actually brought me rubber from the track. I have a, somewhere I have a ball of like rubber from IMS. You have a marble. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. 
That, mm-hmm. that is what our na- show is name the show used to be in the Marvels, and nobody knew what that was. And you have a jar of them right there from Indianapolis I, Motor Speedway. Somewhere in this room, I have a marble, <laughs> and I will have to find it for you. But that you is a good, is a really yeah. good memory. And that that just being in turns three and four, and then just watching the Xfinity from the turn four kind of brings me back. That it's, it's so much more exciting in person oh yeah 100 the, the raw engine of a nascar is so exhilarating i love the the light and zippy nature of indycar but the raw power that nascars push out at least yeah. just that rough sound it just makes you shiver and like just kind of get giddy when you hear it you oh, know? I, I still get giddy every time i hear it i know exactly what you mean so will this be your last race for a decade or will you be going back and try to find another race to go to. That's the big question. No, I'm I'm going to more. I yeah. I think uh, as I've gotten older, I want you know. And of course, you get old. You get older now, and you know you start getting a little more expendable income, and like your situation, you start settling yeah. down a bit. And I'm just like, where do I want to hit? And in between football and NASCAR, I have like a list. And I know, like for example, I think I mentioned this to you, Matt. I actually want to go to Darlington if I can yeah. someday. It is the to me the poster child of NASCAR nostalgia and yeah. kind of like pinnacle of what old NASCAR used to be, and I would love to get that feeling just back behind the woods, you know, tr- like not traditional yeah. cookie cutter. It's a unique shape. It the throwback nights just add a whole new element to it. It's special. It really I, is. Yeah, you know, I want to take that moment in at some point. Yeah, I like that it, it, because I, Darlington is my home track, and I feel like I take it for granted sometimes being two hours away from the track and going there and experiencing the throwback and seeing history made, whether it's Marnie Truex Jr. dominating the race, whether it's Eric Jones get claiming his first Southern 500 win. It, there's just so much that always happens there. It's so much fun to watch. Glad to make that my home track. I'm glad to hear that you're a fan. We might have you back on the show in the future because you might say see something it's like wait a minute what's this and bring it up just if whatever you do if you do it on twitter use hashtag what do you think itm and Mm -hmm. it'll get you on the conversation board but this is my favorite part of the show driver of the week this week in nascar and our in the marbles 2.0 standings but before we get into any of that i gotta make it official two weeks ago i announced caroline's pregnant uh she's in her second trimester now and we're having we're having a girl so everybody knows now we're having a girl. We it's told fantastic. we told her parents, uh, we told her mom and aunt and uncle and all the her side of the family this past weekend in the mountains. So it's official now. I could say it for everybody to hear. Having a girl in February. So hey, you might have a set of Daytona 500 tickets coming your way if Charlie doesn't beat you to them. <laughs> so in in the Marble 2.0 standings on a very chaotic Indianapolis road course. And if you're not familiar with in the Marbles 2.0, it's a online NASCAR fantasy league we have. We might I'm I'm thinking there's a seed that's been planted in my head by myself that I might change this up to find a better way to do this to make it a little more interactive for everybody who doesn't want to get on every week and do it. But we'll get to there in the twenty twenty two season. But Matt Camper still leads the way with four thousand four hundred and sixty points. SMR R and D second. S Blades third. SMR operations fourth. I'm in fifth. So no change to the top five. Smoke and Woody though Moved up to six, and Charlie moved down to seventh. Freaking cheated. Oh. <laughs> I think Charlie picked uh, Dark Horse Briscoe to win, and he just didn't. Uh, I didn't pick him to win, but he was definitely in my. Yeah, I, I got hit a few, too. And then 
Unhinged Racing, whose gym NASCAR is... NASCAR screwed eighth. me with their stupid bad judgment call. <laughs> right. <laughs> Darn it, NASCAR. Yeah, and Summers Racing crap. is... In Summers I was aware. I've already wrote them a nasty letter. <laughs> oh. oh, no. You tell you, they, wait, they wait, did, did you tell them that you're associated me. with... A podcast called Rambling About Racing. I hope you did. I did. Oh I did. no! And I told him that. Look, if I if we're I, pretty much on air experts, that if I was Chase Briscoe, you? that I would have drove my car down pit lane and drove it into whatever. I I drove it into the NASCAR hauler and made it worthwhile. But look, here I am. What do you got to say? The way you started that, I was thinking, oh, he's meaning he's just going to speed down pit road like Scott Wimmer or something at oh, Daytona. Oh, yeah, Talladega, <laughs> that whole infamous crash. Or Talladega, yeah. <laughs> just exploded the whole field, drove up in front of the whole field. I can't believe he did that. Anyway, uh, this week in NASCAR, we go back to August 16th, 1975. Buddy Baker noses out Richard Petty in a photo finish to win the Talladega 500, an event marred by the death of Dwayne Teeny Lund, London was involved in a multi-car crash on the seventh lap. Seems like a lot of Talladega history comes up in the year of August in the 1970s for some reason. Mm. That's just me. I mean, every I think for the past month we've done Talladega this week in NASCAR. But Buddy Baker on that day noses out Richard Petty to win at Talladega. Charlie, who's our driver of the week this week? James Hilton, born August 26, 1934 in Roanoke, Virginia. He died April 28, 2018, at the age of 83. His awards, 1966 Grand National Series Rookie of the Year, highest rookie point finish in NASCAR Cup Series history. Cup Series career was 602 races over 27 years. Best finish was second, uh, or best finish in the points was second in 1966, 67, and 71. His first race was 64 at Old Dominion 400. Last race was 1993 Trans South 500 at Darlington. The first win was 1970 Richmond 500 at Richmond, of course. And last win was 1972 Talladega 500. Another it's funny Talladega how Talladega Talladega keeps, coming keeps coming up. Coming up man. So, <laughs> so, like I said, two wins. He had 301 top tens out of those 602 wow. races. That's impressive. And four poles out of the NASCAR or what is called now the Xfinity Series. He had four races over four years. First race was 1982 Coca-Cola 200 in Rockingham. The last race was 2011 Royal Purple 200 in Darlington. Oh, wow. So, and then he had one Camping World Truck Series start at the 2011 Good Sam RV Emergency Road Service 125 at Pocono. Wow. So that's been fairly recent considering he was born in 1934. She's raced up to the yeah. day he wow. left this good old earth, man. But no kidding. Well, that's a good driver of the week, man. Really do appreciate you finding that. I'm going to leave it up with Zach. Anything else before we wrap it up here? <laughs> I know on the outside here, I've been like, hey, if you ever need a, a, talk, a guy to talk to you, I think this just matched up perfectly for you you and uh, uh, at least us three here getting together. No, I'm glad I'm glad to be on here. I'm glad to be talking NASCAR. Like I said, like I've said to you guys and to those out there, I think to me, at least I think the sport's getting back to something that it's trying to be better. It's learning from its mistakes. And I think it's still a long road ahead, but something that there are at least a few turns have been the correct ones so far in yeah. the last few years. Yeah, that most definitely, Zach. Uh, I really, I wanted you here for your perspective on the race weekend at Indy. 
there's one thing looking at it from the TV perspective, but there's another thing actually being there. And I think you brought a good, like, oh, you know, I saw this and that, and you brought a whole perspective on that. The TV doesn't capture, you know, you, you were watching one turn, one section of turns the whole time, whereas once the cars go by, we're done with that section until they come back for another lap. Really do appreciate you and your insight there. Go to more races, man. I mean, they're nothing but fun. Drive down to Matt and load up with him and come down there to me. Yeah, oh, I'll, I'm. We'll, I'm gonna look for it. We'll make our way down. <laughs> I'll make sure. We'll, we'll make our way down this holiday. Good, Charlie. Anything else with you? Again, congratulations on what you did up there with Reeves up there in Montgomery with the whole drag racing thing. It looked awesome. Thanks for posting those on Facebook. Continue doing that, man. Whether whether you're at the South Alabama Speedway or not, I'm good. Shout out to Jeff, Jason, Austin. All of them did a good job. Austin went three rounds on Sunday. Like I said, we probably had 80 cars there on Sunday. He went three rounds. Jeff made it down to six cars left on Sunday out of those 80. We had, we had a lot better Sunday than we did Saturday, by all means. Fun weekend, and now we're getting ready to go back to circle track racing with me and our uh, what we call spotlight race, double points race with me this this coming Saturday. So means you better win it, man. Yeah, because if I, if I can look up and win this somehow or another, and uh, the other two guys not not do so hot. That'll put me back into championship into hunt. points hunt for yeah. the uh, for the lead there. So nice. we'll see what happens. So we'll we'll go from there. And hopefully the individual that puts those on Facebook Live are there, so we don't put our giant foot into our even I'm, bigger mouth. I'm hoping she will be there. If not, I will have somebody there to film. In the but stands. they will go into the stands, In the stands. And, yep. and film this time. <laughs> They've already said so. Because the raw, I. I'd love the pits action, though. The view it was from the pits. very raw well, footage. It was very raw, but at the same time, <laughs> it wasn't just the footage. It was the atmosphere because something happened, and this guy, I don't know who it was. It just, was the guy spotting for me. He let off so many swear words. Oh, where, yeah. Where yeah, I yeah, turned no, to my it, wife it and went caution, It was because the caution come out, yeah. and it was the last thing I needed because, look, my restarts, have been garbage. My car is garbage on restarts, and we have not been able to figure it out. Well, and you let his displeasure be known to all, I think, 30 people. Listen, that was – Yeah. I, oh, boy. I, I'm telling you, man, my, my car is garbage on restarts, and that's what kept killing me two races ago when I was right. actually battling for the lead, and all those cautions kept coming out. Yeah. And even I was in the car, probably, you probably didn't want, if I'd have hit that button, you probably didn't want to know what I was saying in the car two races ago. And I need, I need, like my car needs half to a three quarters of a lap to really come alive yeah. after a restart. And it, I get slaughtered on restarts and we're working on something. Hopefully that's going to be fixed this coming race. We're going to try something a little different that we, that I've never tried before. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, go and big hopefully go that eliminate our our restart issues and give us a little extra, and we'll go from there. But yeah, man, I I did not need that caution to come out, and he didn't like it when he seen it either. Obviously, yeah, by, yeah. by the footage, he, he must not. He he definitely <laughs> didn't. But I want to take this. I, I know I said it in the top show. This is episode one hundred for us here, and I didn't even think we'd make it this far. Special thanks to everyone who listens to the yeah, show every week, who's who's listened to episodes from, whether you're listening from episode one till now, episode 48 to now, it doesn't matter when you started listening to our show. Really do appreciate it. Special thanks to the Unhinged Sports Network for bring, bringing us on. 
to the belly up for their partnership with the Unhinged Sports Network. Now we're doing nothing but growing here throughout the network, the network affiliations, the numbers, everybody interacting with us on social media. It's been so much fun. More to come. Can't wait till episode 200. Maybe we'll be a little more established where we can start throwing out a lot more giveaways and stuff. I'm trying to make that happen. But with Baby on the way, now money's starting to start tighten up a smidge, but we're going to make that happen one way or another. So, gentlemen, last call here. Anything else? I've said all I've said. I've had a great time. <laughs> Very nice, man. Well, thanks again, uh, Zach, for joining us. Uh, Charlie, you good? Wish nah, Preston I'm, was here. I'm good. So, ready to move <laughs> on and. We'll start planning for next week's episode. That's right, man. It should be a fun. Oh, yeah. Very special episode yeah, next week. Absolutely. You, you want to stick around for that. We might as well just tell them who's coming on real quick here at the end of the show. Yeah, so, let's, let's go ahead and just prepare them for so this, who will be here next okay. week. Okay. So it isn't necessarily a driver or anything, but I mean, Zach, I'm sure you've heard of this place, North Wilkesboro Speedway. Yes. There is a yes. Twitter movement. movement there, behind there's that a say, group. A, it's a not group. even a Twitter. It's a group. It's a group of people there, and it's called Save the Speedway, who wants to push for North Wilkesboro to come back, bring racing back to North Wilkesboro. And we're going to have Steve so, from Save the Speedway we'll on the show next week. You're not going to want to miss that. That's going to so, be a fun actually, episode. Actually, while we're on that, update. As of Saturday or Sunday, the North Carolina House passed the proposed budget that includes $20 million for North Wilkesboro Speedway, Highway, I'm assuming Highway 72 to 41. Um, the bill now moves to the Senate to be taken up beginning August 16th. Which is so, today as of recording Monday. That's huge. I, I'm assuming that's for some, you know, some repaving stuff and to get ready, you know, hopefully to for this place to reopen and let's get some racing going back on there. Yeah, you want more and, details? Listen to next week's episode. We're going to bring you Steve from Save the Speedway. I'm sure he's going to be willing to talk about that. We're willing to hear what they got going on there, but 101 so, with a great episode. I'm a huge proponent of North Wilsboro coming back. Just at looking like I think last two years I've watched, I've either watched videos or have researched into how you basically have SMI holding it, and I'm just sitting here with my hands folded, going, "Well, I'm waiting. Are you gonna do something, or are we just gonna be, or are we just gonna let this thing rot? You know, because right. oh, yeah. that's yeah. that's not worth owning it at that point. No, absolutely not. It's too good a place to just let it be thrown away like that. Yeah. So I read this article earlier. Uh, and it's about Chase Elliott, but it's, you know, it's talking about Chase Elliott's biggest threat to defending his NASCAR Cup Series crown it isn't Kyle Larson, it's, it's his own team. But it talks about Elliott, a two time winner, was going to have to work to do under any circumstances because he was supposed to start from the 11th position on a track that isn't especially passing friendly. The situation grew worse Sunday when NASCAR failed his car pre race inspection over the rear window air deflector. The result was a triple crown of bad news. NASCAR sent Elliott to the back of the field for the start of the race. Crew chief Gustafson served mandatory suspension, and NASCAR docked Elliott 10 points. So to make a long story short, the number nine team is handing back points almost as quick as Elliott can accumulate them. Five loose lug nuts at Nashville in June cost him 37 of the 38 points he earned that day. The crew failed to put the proper sealed engine in the number nine car last month at New Hampshire. Remember that. Triggering a 25-point penalty. 
the 10-point penalty at Watkins Glen brought the total to 72 docked points. Those 72 points are the difference between third and sixth place in the standings. Okay. It's also the difference between eight playoff points and five. Throw in the penalty from Nashville, and Elliott can roll into Darlington with four fewer playoff points than he should have. What's that have to do with North Wilkesboro? <laughs> Nothing. I was just this is just an added <laughs> oh, this is just an added point bonus. that I wanted to throw in there. It's well, bonus. you know what? You want to so. talk about his team effing him over? IMS that last pit stop before they the, the the last one before they did the two double sequence green white checkers where he had basically he slipped from my the, the jack third, the car went, fell yeah where oh, they yeah. dropped the jack before they got the right <laughs> front end Dropped from third to sixteen so, yeah absolutely <laughs> but he ended up so, what finishing fourth finished top ten yeah he finished, well, he fourth. finished fourth but so who cares. Makes you the, wonder. The fact is, yeah, yeah, it does. It does, absolutely. I had him pick to win. In that's my why fantasy. I did, too. So that there, that there gum <laughs> jack. Ace. I sure did. Yeah. I had him pick to win, too. Trust me. Road course ace himself. So, like, oh, yeah, he's I, my favorite. Yeah, yeah. I, oh, well. This is what it is, gentlemen. Uh, anyway, that's, that's my final uh, thought. Okay, that's your right final there, thought. So. The, yep. They're dissolving within in, at, there at Hendrick Motorsports in the nine camp. Anything else, gentlemen? Th- thanks again to win the championship. Okay, Zach's good, and Charlie's good. <laughs> yep, just, I'm good. All right. Well, guys, if you got nothing else, we're going to go ahead and wrap it up here. I'd like to thank everybody so much for tuning in to our 100th episode of Rambling About Racing. Make sure to head over to Rambling About Racing to links to all of our social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube for the latest and greatest, not only from here at Rambling About Racing, in our opinions. I'd like to thank Zach Kyleman again for coming on the show. His Twitter handle, at Zach Kyleman and his podcast, Gridiron Gallery, for all your gridiron news. I'd like to thank Charlie Herkis again for being on Chuck8384. My handle on Twitter is nbeamer22. Give us all a follow if you want. I'd like to thank our partners here at the show, Wagon Anthem, Stand Up to Cancer, and Fanags for all they do, not only for us here at Rambling About Racing, but for what they do for the Unhinged Sports Network. Stay safe and have a good rest of your week. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.